You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. Look to your neighbor and say, hmm. Make you think about, I don't know about you, but if an old lady missing teeth wearing a dark robe, looking kind of freaky and not the good kind, hands you an apple and says, this will make all your pain go away. How many of you guys would say yes to that? I know somebody's going to do it just to be contrary. Yep. Savannah? Yep. I would expect no less. It's okay, Savannah. So I would. So how many of you guys, if some crazy old hag lady came up to you like that, wouldn't that be an obvious sign, don't listen to this person? Show of hands. Do you guys trust old hag ladies out here? Apparently half the group, half of the crowd agrees that if an old hag lady comes up, it's pretty safe. And the other half says, I'm not so sure. However, the old hag is really the, an evil, uh, the, the, like the villain of the film, right? She pretty much tempts her with an apple. I always wonder, why do they always tempt with an apple? Yeah, we have Eve and the forbidden fruit, but the scripture never says it's an apple. It just says forbidden fruit. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But why is it always an apple? I was praying, and the Lord pretty much showed me an apple is an everyday common thing. A lot of times, temptation isn't so obvious. In fact, it's subtle. Temptation is not always an obvious old hag showing up to tempt you with broccoli. Now, notice, notice you're never tempted with something good for you, like something you actually want, right? No one tempts you with something that you hate. Because guess what? You don't like it. It's not a temptation. Everybody say, temptation is subtle. It isn't always obvious. It's not some old hag lady showing up to tempt you with an apple. But the apple is an everyday common thing, and temptation is an everyday common thing. Temptation is in these subtle little bitty things every day. It's not some, not always an obvious dilemma or choice. Let's pray. Father, we pray as we dive into temptation. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and open hearts. Anoint the word. Lord, get, I want to get out of your way. You do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. But Lord, I pray that every eye, ear, and heart is open and ready to receive from you. This is a very real topic. And I pray that you would give them fresh revelation, creative and witty ideas, To not give in to temptation. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Okay. So, temptation is subtle. It's not always obvious. And it's, you're not always tempted by something that you absolutely love and can't wait to have. When I drive past McDonald's, I am tempted. We were fasted for 21 days and I was tempted. Man, a large Coke sounds really good right now. A chocolate milkshake sounds really good right now. You go past Starbucks, you walk into Target, and you smell Starbucks. 
I tell my daughter it's like a sweet elixir in the air that just lifts me from the moment I walk into the door over to where Starbucks is. Anybody else have that problem? Just checking. Yeah, yeah. I see some people afraid to lift their hands. So here's the deal. You will experience temptation, but it's not from God. Look to your neighbor and say, temptation is not from God. James 1 says, when you're tempted, don't ever say, God is tempting me, for God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and he's never, never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions, and when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. It's pretty strong words, right? The wages of sin is death. Okay? It says, so my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. Every gift God freely gives us is good, perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. So God doesn't tempt us. In fact, the scripture says we are led away by our own desires. Are all desires bad? No. Not all, of all, not all desires are bad. And not all desires are sinful. However, we are led away by our desires into temptation and into sin. By the way, just because you're tempted, temptation in itself is not a sin. Giving into it, giving into it, especially evil desires, bad desires is. Everybody say that's a sin. Okay? So God's a good father who loves his children, doesn't want to hurt us, and doesn't want to tempt us. Why would a good God want to tempt us? It doesn't make any sense, right? The only reason why God would tempt me is, is like, I want a good gift or a better gift. Either way, it's a perfect, ever, all of his gifts are good and perfect, so he's never going to tempt me with something at all. And even if he did, it would never be something bad that would hurt me. You need to understand that the choices you make are based on whether you say yes or no to your desires. Yes or no to the things that you want or you think you want. Does that make sense? Some of you in the room right now have a desire to go to sleep. I want to encourage you. Don't go to sleep on this one. This one's important because if you can handle and resist temptation, you'll have one of the greatest weapons in your arsenal in this life. See, temptation. So why would the devil go to all the trouble to tempt us? Why would he do that? Have you ever thought about that? If God doesn't tempt me, why does Satan, the enemy, the devil, go to all the trouble to tempt, right? Now, he himself isn't doing it, but you got to remember, he's the father of lies. Just like the old hag lady, if you eat this apple, all that pain you're experiencing of being separated from your true love, all that pain will go away and you will forget about all about him and everything you've encountered here. And she's literally convinced that all of her pain comes from being on the earth. And I guess not in, I can't remember the name of the fantasy kingdom. Was it? Yeah, it's enchanted, but I can't remember the name of the kingdom. It has a funky name. My mind just went blank. If you know it, tell us later. But the point is, she is convinced, focusing on the temptation of like, this will take my pain away. I won't be sad anymore. I won't be depressed anymore because of this. I won't be alone anymore. 
all of these things that are hurting me right now, if I just say yes to this, then it will all go away. If I say yes to this, it'll make me feel better. If I say yes to this, I won't hurt anymore. If I say yes to this, it will satisfy and fulfill me. All of us, every day, run into this situation. And you have a choice of whether you want to be led away by your own desires. Or like last week, we said if you feed the good and the godly desires, you'll starve the bad ones. And it will become more natural to do good things that are good for you. Some people are attracted to things that hurt them because things that hurt them is the most comfortable thing to them. Like some people that are abused, they stay in an abusive situation because it's comfortable and it's normal and it's all that they know. You know, talk to a guy who grows up, who grew up in the actual ghetto and not Owensboro ghetto. If you talk to one of them, they will say the Bible and the gospel is what rescued them out of the hood, out of the ghetto. They'll say the Bible gave them something better than what the hood already gave them and what welfare checks and what all kinds of government assistance supposedly was supposed to do. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I think sometimes it's real easy to look at what's down the street and think it's normal when it's not. Why would the devil go to all the trouble to tempt us? It's because he want, doesn't want us to know our identity in Christ. He doesn't want us to know everything that we're capable of in the kingdom of God. All of your gifting, all of your purpose, and all of your destiny. Everything that God has literally designed you from the get-go. The devil wants to rob, steal, and destroy all that from you and literally take you out. So that one, you can't bring glory to God. Two, you can't rescue others. I could have been taken out at 12 years old very easily. I could have given in to the drug culture around my friends uh, from, uh, from tw 11, literally, to uh, 18. I could have given in to it. I could have been a victim and just let it ride. You know what? This is normal around here. All my friends are doing it. How many people have said that? How many of your parents have said, well, if your friends jump off a bridge, are you going to jump off too? Anybody's parents ever say that? Yeah. You know what? It's true. They're right. It's a valid question. Just because your friends do it doesn't mean it's always good for you. But the devil goes to all that trouble because he wants to rob from you. He wants to steal from you. He doesn't want you to have hope. He doesn't want you to have joy, and he doesn't want you to have peace. And the people that have joy and have peace in the room, consider yourself blessed because God has blessed you more than you could infinitely think, drink, uh, dream, ask, or imagine. You just don't know it. Don't take it for granted. So you got to remember, God gave you a new nature, guys. We're his children. Romans 8 says we're his children, joint heirs. That means that we're heirs to his promises and all of the good stuff that God gives us. How do you know what the good stuff is? How do you know the difference between a good desire and a bad desire? How do you know? Well, um... I don't know. The Grammys are under a lot of controversy right now. I'm not picking on the Grammys, but like, I mean, I could just look at how they dress. Is all of that okay? How do we know? How do we measure our lives? How do you measure and filter your life? 
How do you know what's good and what's bad? Up until this point, many of you, unless you're older in high school, and even then, your parents are the ones that have helped you learn that. But some of you are older in the room, and you're starting to think for yourself. The Word of God holds the key to you knowing what is good and what is bad. We talked last week. Go listen to the podcast. Ask a friend that came here. See if they remember. See if somebody took notes. But John 2 says this. There's three specific temptations we face. Three. Here we go. The scripture says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, they're not talking about the world as in people. He's talking about the world system, which I've been talking about the last few weeks. The Grammys, a lot of that's the world system. I'm not blaming all the Grammys, not saying all of it's bad. I'm just saying. Some of the music we listen to is the world system. It doesn't bring glory to God at all. In fact, it glorifies sex. It glorifies drugs. It glorifies self. It glorifies pride. I'm not, I don't want to be, I never wanted to be that guy. It's like, oh gosh, he's one of those. But not all music is good for you. Not all relationships are good for you. Period. Not all sodas are good for you. You know there's good and there's bad. You have to know the difference. Here's what it says. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life or the pride in one's possessions is not from God the Father, but it's from the world. Okay, the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. The scripture says, he who endures to the end will be saved. When I was 11, 12 years old, I would have killed for somebody to tell me that Jesus could save me, rescue me, save my family, save my mom and dad's marriage, save our situation. I didn't know Jesus then. At 15 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. God had been working with me, dealing with me. Seed here, seed here, seed there. But I was 12, man. I was 11 turning 12. I could have said to hell with the world, to hell with God, and to hell with everything, and just do whatever I want. That offended you. I'm not trying to. That's real language. And by the way, hell is a place. Hell is a personal thing that you can live in. Temptation will take you there. See, Jesus experienced temptation too. Jesus experienced temptation too. So when we talk about Jesus, we're not talking about somebody who hasn't experienced what we have, but Jesus has experienced everything that you and I have. In fact, it says he was tempted too, but he helps us in times of need. Hebrews 4 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. See, God knew, like Adam and Eve, yeah, they made a mistake, curse of sin and death, cast out of the, the good garden of Eden, curse of sin and death began to reign in the earth. God knew, God knew we would be tempted. God never leaves us lacking, right? 
Jesus, it says that he experienced everything that we've been tempted with, yet he didn't sin. That tells me that we are capable of not sinning. We are capable of not of overcoming and resisting temptation. That a lot of times, I talked about it last week, a lot of times we are tempted and we just say, I don't want to think about it anymore. I can't stop thinking about it. I have these feelings. Whatever it is, you just can't shake it. Well, I'll just give in to it and that'll settle it. It appears that that might work, but it doesn't work over time. It helped you once. Then you need it to help you again. You're feeling bad. You're hurting. You need something to make you feel better. And you got to have that fix, whatever it is. And that's what gets you through. And then it becomes where you need more and more and more. And then suddenly it's become an idol and a god of your life. I've had people in my life that became gods and idols thinking they had to be in my life when really they took the place of God. A lot of times we make decisions every day and we literally put God second. We literally worship ourselves. There's no in between. It's either God and it's everything else. But Jesus helps us in times of need. I don't know about you, but I need help in times of need. You know, I was telling a group of guys at Friends of Sinners the other day, I said, guys, you need to identify where you're tempted most. What time? Where are you? Who's around? Who's not around? And you need to identify where you're tempted because if you can't identify that and know and be self-aware, you will give into it every time. Well, Pastor Darrell, why wouldn't I want to give into temptation? Uh, why wouldn't I do it? Like, hey, smoking pot makes me feel better. I understand that. I get that it does, but it's a coping mechanism for you today, and it's going to be an addiction later, and then it's, it can escalate. I'm not saying, it's, I'm, not saying I'm picking on pot, but it may, I don't know what, your, what it is. It could be alcohol. It could be pornography. It could be ice cream. It could be that relationship you're in. I know a lot of people, they think, I, I knew a girl in high school that threatened to kill herself if her boyfriend up, broke up with her. Don't leave me. Don't reject me. I can't live without you. If a boy or a girl has that much power over you, you have a problem. If you have to have them in your life to live, you have a problem. And by the way, middle schoolers, you probably don't know what this is like because your relationship's going to last about two weeks to a month and a half, maybe six months if it's a good one. If it's lasted longer, congratulations. Mine never lasted longer than a month and a half to two months. That was it for middle school. So if you're in a relationship right now, just wait till we get to the pursuit. Uh, what is it? One, what is it? Uh, two in a hundred last a lifetime. So 2% chance. Good luck. But here's the deal. Jesus, sorry, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, like, nobody should have that power. Jesus helps us in time of need. God never leaves us empty-handed. So how do we resist temptation? How? Here's how. Jesus resists temptation. Here we go. Matthew 4. Stick with me. We're almost there. It says, Afterward, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser. And after fasting for 40 days, Jesus was extremely hungry. 
Then the tempter, Satan, came to him and said, How can you possibly be the son of God and go hungry? Just command these stones to be turned into loaves of bread. And he says, the scripture says, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, the devil, Jesus fasted for 40 days. If he ate the bread, his stomach shrank. If he ate the bread, it's possible it could have killed him if he ate it. Satan would have took out Jesus, and the whole idea of salvation and us being in heaven with God forever would have been completely killed with his death. Now, he does die and he does resurrect. Sure, that comes later. Then it says he takes Jesus to the holy city of Jerusalem, perched him at the highest point of the temple, said, if you're really God's son, by the way, he always speaks in accusations. Is this really bad for you? Is this really going to hurt you? Did your parents really say that was bad? I mean, like, is it really going to? Your, you, sometimes your friends talk that way. Look, it's not going to hurt you. It's fine. Look, you can do this. It's going to be no problem. I've done it 10 times. Whatever it may be, I'm just saying it's possible, okay? It says, if you're God's son, really jump and the angels will catch you, for it's written in the scriptures. He will command his angels to protect you, and they will lift you up so you won't even bruise your foot on a rock or a stone. Jesus says, hey, the scriptures say you never put the Lord your God to a test. You don't test God. See, the devil also loves to take scripture and give it to you halfway. I was a bank teller for years. I could tell a counterfeit dollar from a real dollar in no time because I was around the real thing every single day, eight hours a day. Well, not Sundays. You don't test the Lord your God. See, Satan will throw a scripture. Like a lot of people love to go, all right, God, what are you saying today? Boom. Judas hung himself. Well, that's God speaking. Kind of a joke, guys, but I'm telling you, people think this way. I mean, you could just pick one. Here, where am I? Uh, you shall select out of all the people, able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain. That's actually pretty good. So, but the point is, that's how Pete, you can't, you can't, you gotta can't take a Bible text out of its context, or you're left with a con. You can't just make up scriptures. The devil will always give you a half truth. He'll give you a counterfeit truth. It's going to be half true, half lie. By the way, can I tell you a half lie is still a lie? I don't care if there's half truth in it. It's still a lie. Did you guys know that lying is a sin? Some of you guys are afraid to get in trouble and you love to lie. Don't want to get in trouble. Can't tell the truth. They're not going to love you. They're not going to forgive you. Some of you guys have a lying problem, and you just need to like, hey, the truth sets me free. I don't want to lie anymore because your lie has to cover that lie, and that lie has to cover that lie. Kill it. It says the third time, the accuser lifted Jesus up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the splendor that goes with it. And he says, if you'll just bow and worship me, I will give it to you. Jesus says, go away, Satan. Scripture says, kneel before the Lord your God and worship only him. And it says the accuser left him, and angels gathered around Jesus to minister to his needs. So if Jesus was tempted, we're going to be tempted. But Jesus actually defeated temptation in those three particular instances of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The pride of life is a big one because we're a culture that loves self. We all want to be famous. We all want to be influencers. 
social media, unfortunately, and although it has a lot of good things, a lot of it's just about us. How many likes we got. You know, when you're on YouTube, how many people commented on the videos? How many followers do you have? Can you monetize yet? I mean, I do. I'm playing around with that monetization thing. If I can get some YouTube cash, so be it. But I'm not worshiping myself. So here's the deal. How does Jesus help us with temptation? See, the devil will tempt you again. He's going to be things you want, right? He twists scripture. Hey, if you just bow before me, the devil, a lot of us are bowing our knee to Satan every day. You just don't know it. To not follow God and know better is literally worshiping the devil by your actions in so many words. But the good thing is, is that Jesus helps us in a time of need and God has grace for us. God is not surprised by our mistakes. The key thing is not to cast away ourselves and stay there. So how does Jesus defeat temptation? How does he overcome? How does he resist? He says three words. It is written. No, I heard somebody say finished. That's a good answer too. Good try. Everybody say, it is written. It is written. See, to resist temptation, to overcome that, one thing is you have to know the Word of God. If you don't read the Word, you'll never be able to speak the Word. This thing is not just something we tell you to read to know historical information, and because we're at church, and it sounds good, and we want to give you homework. That's not what this is. It is historical. It is true. But you have to, in order to be able to know what scriptures to battle, that Kyle challenge slide, scan that thing. It's loaded with scriptures to help you know the word of God. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21. By how you talk is you're producing life or death in your life. Giving in to being lured away by your own desires, evil desires, is bringing death into your life. The hard part for us is to admit we've done something wrong. We live in a culture where if we call anybody out on something's wrong, well, you get canceled. If you disagree with the masses, you get canceled. First of all, that's mob mentality, and that's another form of cult, in my opinion. Just because ten people say it's right and five people say it's wrong, the ten people aren't right. You have to know the Word of God to know truth, to know falsehood, to know right from wrong. So how do you resist temptation? Everybody in the room struggles with temptation, every single one of you. The sixth grader to the twelfth grader. The leaders in the room struggle with temptation if they're being real. I'm not saying it's today, but the devil's always going to come back at an opportune time. It says he left Jesus to come back at an opportune time. He's looking for the right time and the right opportunity and the right set of circumstances to try to get you to be tripped up so that you don't know that you're a son of daughter of God. You don't know your kingdom identity. You don't know that you're loved by God and you fall for a lie. The whole point of the gospel is good news. It's simple. Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, not just so that we would be forgiven of our sins, past, present, and future, not just because we'll have a home in heaven, but to save you and rescue you here and now. 
to give you victory in this life. I pray some of you take hold. Here's what it says. How do we resist? So what, Pastor Darrell? How do we resist and overcome temptation? James 4, 7. Humble yourself to God. Right? It says, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. One translation says to submit or surrender. I don't use that one. Because in our culture, surrendering and submitting we think is bad. Some of us quit too quickly and too easily. It's like playing online gaming. The moment you start getting beat, people bail on the game. Those guys are losers. Dude, stick it out. Play the rest of the game, then bail. Just because you're losing, by the way, they're not really losers. What I'm saying is like, why bail? Stick it out a little bit. But it says humble yourself. Humble yourself to God and you'll overcome. You'll not only be able to resist the devil, but he will leave. And you'll overcome temptation. You'll overcome the evil desires. What does it mean to humble yourself? It comes from the Latin word hummus, meaning of the earth. To humble is to be face down in the dirt, submitting to the authority of another without personal pride. Will you humble yourself? See, a lot of times, even in my own life, there was a time in my own life where I wouldn't humble myself. I still had the hardest time admitting I was wrong because I thought other people were more wrong than me. Those people have worse sin than I do. That's called pride, people. Those people are doing worse things than me. I'm not so bad. You see how we rationalize it? You have to humble yourself before God. It's not just your knees. It's not just coming to an altar and praying. It's just humbling your heart and going, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I do need help. I am struggling. I am hurting. I'm going to humble myself. And you know what the Bible says? It says to hold fast to our confession. What's our confession? Jesus is Lord. But also confessing the word of God. To hold fast. That Jesus sympathizes with what you're wrestling with. Jesus never slaps your wrist, never backhands you like grandma. Jesus never beats you with the whip. It says he sympathizes. He's like, yo, I understand why you struggle with porn. Yo, I I understand why you're struggling with substance abuse. I understand why you're depressed. I understand why you're anxious. I get it. But yet, Jesus, he didn't sin. He didn't cave into it. So it's possible. The power of the Holy Spirit. We were singing about the Holy Spirit tonight. You need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. Because if you'll humble yourself, the devil will leave. And resist doesn't mean... Fight it as much as I can. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Because when you don't think about it, what happens? Don't think about it. Don't think about it. You're going to think about it. So to resist the devil means you need to oppose all that pressure. See, the devil, that Satan wants to pour on the pressure. That if you'll just give in to it, he convinces you that if you'll just give in to it, well, then he'll just leave you alone. It's not true. It's a lie. When he pours on the pressure, you've got to resist with equal pressure 
from the word of God, from the power of the Holy Spirit, from Jesus Christ living inside of you and resist, and it says he'll leave. Am I helping somebody out here? Far more than anybody would lift their hand tonight. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Many of you guys came in here tonight tired, weary. The Lord says, I have come to give you rest. Give me the heavy burden you're carrying. Humble yourself. Weeks ago, I said, will you bow your knee to Jesus? Actually, that was back in December. Will you bow your knee? Will you humble yourself? Pastor Darrell, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. I know I'm not really following Jesus. I know better, but I'm just struggling. You're struggling because you're trying to do it in your own strength. Humble yourself to God and say, hey, God, I need your help. I'm going to humble myself. I'm literally going to just bow to your authority. I'm In my heart, I'm just going to go, you know what? You're right. I need your help. And Jesus says he's going to help us in our time of need. He's going to give us grace for that. If you're in the room today, we're just going to pray briefly, and we're going to move to squats. If you're in there today, and you say, Pastor Darrell, I am struggling. I just want you to lift up your hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Say, I am struggling. I see six of you, seven of you, eight of you, nine of you, ten of you. Bow your head, brother man. I am struggling. Let me just encourage you, right where you are, just humble yourself. Jesus loves you. He wants to help you. The devil is not more powerful than God. Temptation is not more powerful than God. Your, your desires you struggle with, the things that you think and feel that you're wrestling with, the pain and hurt that you're carrying, it's not more powerful than God. And just right there in your heart, just say, God, I humble myself. I submit. If it helps you, say, I tap out. Some middle schoolers, that might be hard for them in the room because tapping out means they, they're somehow, like tapping out to God is never bad. Lord, I pray for everyone that lifted their hand that they would humble themselves before you. Jesus, that you love them and you've come to rescue them not just forgive them. You've come to help them overcome and resist temptation. I pray, devil, that you would flee from them. Lord, I pray that everyone in the room would not be lured away by their bad and evil desires. But, Lord, they would live by the Spirit and operate in self-control. Jesus, you give us the power and the authority to do these things. Come into my life. Very simple prayer. Say, help me. And then, Lord, you don't leave us empty-handed. You equip us. When the next time it arises, the next time we start carrying pain or hurt or we're tempted, you've equipped us with what we need to do. It is written. It is written. It is written. Lord, may everyone in the room know your word so well that it is written.
In Jesus' name, amen.